Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Yeah, nice to have your company on this Wednesday. Chris Barsby is going to talk all things harness racing. Thanks to Garrard's Horse and Hound. Good morning to you, Chris. Steve, good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. We often look out for the free-for-alls at Gloucester Park week in, week out, and Chicago Bull is there, who's just run a series of placings, as we know, in recent times. Jumping Jack Mack, of course, is there, and Lavrigo as well. It's menstrual, so only a small field, but a select field. Volton 10, the old war horse, is in the race as well on Friday night. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. It's going to be another good race. Uh, a little bit later this morning, we'll uh, we'll speak with Kevin Jevons. He's part of the Gloucester Park Committee, and he's well-known to many here in Queensland because... He's had great success, and he's still racing horses here in Queensland. Uh, in Queensland, he had one go around yesterday. Of course, Kevin Jevons used to race with Sharky. Speaking of war horses, he was a five times winner of the Trill Memorial. But he owns the, the the boom horse in WA, or the forgotten horse, if you want to call him that as well, because he's been off the scene for over twelve months now. Shockwave, and he is the star pacer when he's absolutely ready. So. I want to get an update on Shockwave. There's a few other horses that Kevin shares in the ownership of that are currently racing in a really good form. So he's going to join us a little bit later. Brendan Barnes, I want to track down Brendan. I want to talk about Gerarda's Delight. She had a final start there at Albion Park last week. But interestingly, yesterday, he had a couple of horses at the trials that are gearing up towards Group 1 features on Saturday week. The Q-bred features uh, aren't that far away. So there's a few horses that I want to talk to uh, Brendan about. Plus, he's got a number of key drives tonight as well. And Darren Clayton's going to join us a little bit later, hopefully to find a winner or two for tonight's meeting at Redcliffe. So we've got plenty to get through. And uh, hopefully we won't be too far away from Brendan joining us because, um, as I said, there's a fair bit to talk about with Brendan. And, in fact, he's online now. So, Brendan, good morning. Good morning, Chris. Uh, let's start with Gerardo's Delight. She had her final Albion Park start last week. We were all hoping for that fairy tale result where she'd go out a winner. She came up short, just running second behind Mac Da Vinci, but she was terrific as always. Uh, Gerardo's Delight tried her heart out right to the line. Yeah, she was. She was super. As you said, it would have been a fairy tale ending for her to sort of uh, go out a winner. She came up, she won her first start, and then sort of twelve, nearly twelve months to the day later, she won the Group One, and pretty well twelve months. And a week later, she had her last start. So, yeah, it would have been a dream come true for her to go out a winner. But, yeah, she ran a cracking race. And, and probably just a lack of tempo early was, yeah, the thing that sort of cost her winning. Okay. She's starting again on Saturday night, this time down in Sydney in the Group 3 Ranji Bill. Will this be her final start on Saturday night? I think. I'm not 100% sure. I think she'll have one more after Saturday night, and then she'll go to the breeding bar. Okay. This race that she's engaged in on Saturday night, these mares are pretty familiar with us, given that we've just gone through the uh, Tab Constellation. So a lot of horses that we saw during these mares features are backing up here. But just looking at it, she looks well-placed here. Yeah, she does. And the Menangle track's going to set her down to the ground. You know, she went she went down early in the year sort of with the ladyship mile in, in mind, but she's probably looking for a spell before sort of she even left here and sort of headed down and, and at the moment, she's just low flying, and the, the Menangle track's going to suit her. So they'll know she's there, that's for sure. Okay, well, we'll, uh, we'll cheer her on on Saturday night when she tackles that Group 3 Mares feature. I wanted to talk to you about some of the horses that you drove at the trials yesterday between races at Albion Park. And we'll start with Danger Zone. This was his first hit out since the Queensland Derby. Uh, he finished seventh behind Leap to Fame in that race. 
He looked sharp winning that trial yesterday. It was a mile trial. 153 was the time. Splits of 28.5, 31, 27.2, 26.6 on the way home. You finished off in 53.8. Did he feel as good as he looked? Yeah, he did. We um, we obviously yeah, wanted to go there and have a little bit of a hit out. We um, there's not wasn't really a great deal of racing for him to do, sort of between the Derby and the and the Triad. Without I think he's a rating seventy six or so. So he, if he was to sort of go and race in a, in just a normal aged race, he'd have to race some pretty seasoned and hardened horses. So we thought we'd we'd go to the trials sort of ten days out from the Triad and um, sort of just allow him to do as he pleases. Okay. He, he won the trial by close to 30 metres, beating uh, Miss Verstappen, Kiang Marvin. Uh, the, the track was good yesterday as far as speeds was uh, were concerned because they were running quick times pretty much all day, but he just looked like he was gliding over the track yesterday. Yeah, he was. I, I never turned the, the whip or asked him for anything. I sort of just pulled the earplugs at the top of the straight just because he can switch off a little bit just to sort of get him to really run through the line, but um, he just done that all under his own steam and, and just run up the straight how he liked to, but he, yeah, he felt super. Okay, with the Derby last time out, he led up there, leaped to fame, won that race. Did he just fail to run out the twenty six hundred? What what happened? Why why did he sort of uh, pack it in like he did last start? Yeah, probably just just the the longer trip. We we thought he'd stay pretty well, but obviously, yeah, he, he didn't. And um, also in saying that too, we I think we we sort of set a speed that was less than half a second slower than the blacks are fake. So. We went out there with the sort of the game plan that we had the barrier draw, and if if we got to the front, well, we had nothing to lose. You know, we sort of were just going to see if we we're good enough, and if if we weren't good enough, we weren't good enough. So we, yeah, we just went out there with the game plan of sort of leave nothing in the tank, and we we got out sprinted the week before, so we um yeah we went out with the game plan of let's just have a go and see if we're good enough. Okay, he's not just a miler, is he? No, he's not, and he's he's also he's not just a leader either. It doesn't matter if we don't have to get to the fence. He's got brilliant change-up speed, and he can come off a helmet, as, as we saw in the, the Q-Red race, sort of just leading into the Winter Carnival, where he, he was fresh up, and he was the only horse making ground on a, on a wet track out wide. So he can definitely come off speed, and he, yeah, he's definitely not a miler. Okay, that uh, Group 1 feature that he's being set for on Saturday week, the Q-Red Triad, 2,138 metres. Give me your take on Teddy Disco, and more recently, we'll see him again on Saturday night, Captain Shuffles and Future Assured, they look like they're going to be your biggest rivals. How do you sort of measure those guys? Yeah, I think Teddy Disco was absolutely terrific all through the winter, just was tortured by bad barriers. And then his win there, sort of, I think a fortnight or so ago, was, yeah, absolutely sensational. And um, Captain Shuffles, he was very impressive on on last Friday night, but he's sort of yet to take that step up to 2100 or, or race any of those sort of top-line three-year-olds like sort of Teddy Disco and Danger Zone have. And, and Future Assured, well, he's he's showed big promise sort of the whole way through. Just He's probably in the sort of the same boat. He's yet to sort of race them really good ones, but he's definitely got the ability, that's for sure. Mm, it'll be a good race between those two on Friday night, won't it, between Future Assured and Captain Shuffles? Yeah, it will be, that's for sure. It'll definitely sort of probably give connections of those two horses, sort of a bit of a guide as to where they're at. And, um, yeah, I definitely don't think any of them are a pushover, that's for sure. OK, but Danger Zone, he's a, he's a right on track. Uh, you're happy with the way he trialled yesterday and it's full steam ahead for that feature? Yeah, couldn't be happier. He had a run around in the paddock this morning. He's pulled up nice and bright, so, yeah, full steam ahead. OK, the other interesting horse from the trials yesterday that you sat behind is a newcomer to the Jack Butler stable, my Alderman Jacko. 
uh, having his first hit out for the stable yesterday. Got beaten a head margin behind the uh, the star filly and dual melody. They went 55-6. They finished off in 28-4, 27-2. He was really good the way he hit the line, my Alderman Jacko. Yeah, I fell in love with him yesterday, actually. I... um sort of knew he was handy enough. Obviously, he sort of won the bullion earlier in the year, but um, he really impressed me yesterday, coming out the gate well, and and I sort of wasn't really sure what to expect of him, but up the straight, he moved moved effort, effortlessly, and sort of, yeah, I never asked him to go, never pulled the earplugs, just was happy to sort of dash up the straight with Jewel Melody, and he felt awesome. Okay, he's a very racy type, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He probably doesn't quite sort of travel as keen as he looks you know he sort of he gets a bit above himself and carries himself pretty high but he probably doesn't actually feel as as keen and as eager as he does look but he's he's got that high speed and he's got gate speed so that definitely helps would you say that two-year-old division the boys division of the keybred triad is fairly open yeah it is there's there's a number of sort of handy ones but there's sort of there's nothing that's that's stepped up yet and said I'm the one to beat I think it's sort of a lot's going to come down to barrier draws and there's sort of there's probably five or six that there's not a lot between them okay after you've sat behind my Alderman Jacko yesterday what draw do you want to land uh, on Saturday week I'm I'm pretty confident that he's definitely one of the horses to beat and I, I'm not sort of too concerned I think if he draws somewhere he's got good speed he can get himself to the fence and and yeah I think he's um yeah, he'll be sort of quite the show in that. Okay. How did he come through that trial yesterday? Yeah, really good. He had a little run around this morning as well, and he's pulled up nice and bright. Okay. Well, good times ahead. It could be a good night for you Saturday week. Fingers crossed anyway. All right. Well, those draws will be done next Monday, so best of luck there. Let's focus on a few of your drives here tonight at Rec. Love eight race program, and you've got key drives. We'll start with race one, number six, Brian Christopher. This guy's low flying. Sectionally, he couldn't have done any more last time out. The draw probably hurts a little bit, drawn out in gate six, but how do you assess his chances? Yeah, the draw's not ideal, but he's versatile. You know, he's won, won plenty of races around Redcliffe in front or, or going back to last and sort of taken off, heading into the back straight. So it, it doesn't really matter too much with him. We can just drive him tempo-related. If they're going hard, we can get back, or if... If they back off, we can get round them. And, yeah, it doesn't really matter too much. And as you said, he's racing really well. What's the early indication here? You're likely to go forward or just drift back at the start? We'll probably just sort of float across and, and see who's going where and how much speed there looks early. But we won't really make a plan, I don't think. We'll just sort of judge it on tempo at the time and how he feels and what he wants to do. OK. Is the stable mate the horse to beat there better jiggle? Yeah, I think so. He's low-flying. Obviously, he's been sort of, yeah been driven with a sit and sort of showing great speed so he's going to need a little bit of tempo and a little bit of sort of luck to get him where he needs to be but if he's yeah anywhere near within a length or two of him on straight and he'll be motoring home okay race two tonight american flyer a newcomer to the jack butler stable she's now had the three runs and she's getting fitter and better each and every time she steps out third last time out no doubt you would have been a little disappointed with the draw you prefer off the front row yeah, I think so, but she was good last week off off the pace. She, um, I think she was third behind Better Jiggle, who sort of, yeah, won quite well. But, um, yeah, as long as she sort of gets a little bit of a decent trip. She hung a bit last week around the sort of the last bend and, and couldn't really sprint when we needed her to, but she hit the line well. So hopefully if um, she can sort that out tonight, yeah, she can get a good trip. She'll be running home. Okay, 2,040 metres, any concern there? No, nah, I don't think it really matters too much, especially driven with a sit off the back row. All right. Dangers there. Gangbuster, Flowrider, Katarcha, man. Do they loom as the, the obvious threats? 
Yeah, I think so. They've probably got a, a fair big barrier draw advantage over us. But if there's any sort of speed on early, it might help us get into the race late. Okay, race three tonight. Alambi having her first starter for Jack Butler tonight. And she's got the inside of the second row at Redcliffe. What were your thoughts on that? Draws sticky. I'm not real sure how far back we may end up shuffled back. So we're probably going to need a lot of luck in running there. But yeah, probably expect her to go pretty well. This is a class drop, though, isn't it, for this mare? Yeah, it is. That's for sure. And she's she's a capable sit sprinter. She if she gets some gets some luck, she can definitely um, make the most of it. So yeah, we're just gonna it's just gonna come down to how far back we get shuffled and if we can sort of get any daylight when we need it. Do you think the track will pose any sort of problem with her tonight? Uh, what was that? Sorry. Do you think the track's going to pose any sort of problem for her tonight? They said she did hang a little bit around. Um, Albion Park, but we're on the fence tonight, so we'll, we shouldn't really be having to come too wide and, and sort of be hanging and steering too too much. So I think she should be all right. All right. Race number four, you're driving five. Zara's a treasure. She's a brilliant gauge speed mare. Do you light her up at the start here? I'm not sure, to be honest. She um, She's quite a sort of a good doing little filly, and she's always um, quite large. And We've been been struggling to get runs with her, so she hasn't been able to race week to week, and we saw that last week over 2100. We sort of used her early, and, and she was pretty tired a fair way out from home, but we'll just play that by ear and sort of see how they come come out underneath us, and yeah, if we can get ourselves to a spot. Alright, race five tonight. You're driving Call Me Trish. Uh, she comes up on the nice gate. You've got speed to your inside. How does this play out? Yeah, she doesn't have a lot of speed herself, but we'll probably want to be as handy as we can. And she's racing really well and never too far away. All right. And she's a material girl. Your final drive tonight in race seven and four. Um, uh, well, it looks a, a winnable race. It's only a small field and her recent efforts have been okay. So do you give her a good chance here? I think so. I think last week um, we drove her against her pat and she normally sort of gets back a little bit, but she, she felt good on gate last week, so we let her sort of stride forward and she showed good speed, so I think she could probably get to the fence tonight and um, she'll take some running down, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is the pick of your drive tonight, then? Um, I reckon Brian Christopher in the first. He's just got that little bit of versatility that we can just sort of we can drive him how the race is and it sort of doesn't matter too much what happens. We can just put him where he needs to be. Right, right, race one, number six, Brian Christopher. Uh, really appreciate it, Brendan. We'll see you trackside tonight, and good luck over the next uh, week or so with those big Q-bread features just around the corner. Thanks, Chris. Cheers. Brendan Barnes joining us this morning on Mobile Rolling. Chris is about to speak to his next guest, which you alluded to, Kevin Jevons. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, keen to talk to Kevin because there's a lot to talk to Kevin about. And I, I want to start firstly, we spoke with John McCarthy yesterday, of course, a, a super proud dad with Toddy winning the Hamiltonian across the weekend. Kevin, as I say, good morning. You've had a, a, a really good association with the McCarthy family for a long period of time and your wildest dreams. Can you imagine or uh, appreciate what Toddy and Andy are doing over there in North America right now? Morning, Chris. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty big news, and no, I'm uh, I'm not surprised. Uh, particularly, Andy was already in America mainly when I joined with John, but Todd's come through from a. I remember as a 15 year old, 16 year old in Queensland to being probably one of the best drivers in the world. So it doesn't shock me. Uh, it's probably a pretty good effort winning on a 50 to one shot though in the Hamiltonian. Yes, absolutely. So naturally, uh, John was pretty chuffed. Uh, 
when we spoke with him yesterday. But uh, yeah, it's just amazing. Uh, all three boys have had major success in North America. Luke's won a World Trotting Derby. Uh, Andy's won a Hambletonian. And now Toddy's won a Hambletonian. So uh, who, who knows what else they can achieve. Uh, they're still very young and they're still very hungry for more success. Yeah, they're all great horsemen. They've all been well taught. I did say to John the other day, he's very proud that he should uh, levy them 10% each for his work on them, you know. But, uh, <laughs> good luck with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. I wanted to talk to you about Shockwave. Uh, this is the star of Australian harness racing that's been out of action for the past 12 months. His last start was back in July. How close is he to a racetrack return now? I'd say, Chris, if all keeps going well it should be uh october uh he's uh in full fast work now and it recently he's done a lot of work obviously but uh he's now had the all clear his legs have been scanned and all look great so his leg um so i at this point probably probably could be early but early october i think yeah okay just for our listeners this morning uh the extent of the injury uh what happened with shockwave uh, he had a small um, lesion or tear in uh, in his tendon. Uh, not a suspension, but a tendon itself. It wasn't, in the scheme of things, bad, but any tendon injury, as any horseman knows, is not good. So uh, we elected to give him plenty of time off, and, and Ryan Bell's had him at his stable the whole time, you know, first for the rest for a month, and he's very gradually over the last uh, year or so uh, been giving him walking exercise and, you know, it's very uh, graduated with vet advice and uh, so far it's, it's looking pretty good. The horse is in good neck. Mm. Well, he's a proven Group 1 winner. He's won 19 from 47. He's banked more than half a million dollars and before the injury, he won his last three starts. I'll pose this question to you. Have we seen the best of Shockwave as yet? Uh, the trainer doesn't think so. I think his last three runs when he came back from he had a bleed as you know and he came back and his last three runs were as good as it or better than ever um, and I think he talking to Ryan the other day he still thinks there's a fair you know he thinks that it's not a blessing but the fact that he's had probably uh, 12 months to uh, rest his body and you know the rigours of harness racing I think his last start they went 54 or 5 face the breeze and got home in 54 9 so those sort of things do take a toll on good horses so um, is he still I a stallion hopefully he'll come back as good yeah is he still a stallion he is yeah and he's a beautiful stallion he's uh you know well mannered he's, I mean he's got a bit of personality but he's easy to handle and uh just a great nature so that probably helps him a lot in, in, under the mm-hmm. circumstances like, you know, after the injury of being boxed for five or six weeks, it doesn't suit most horses. Mm. It'd be a lovely big animal now with that time away from the track. Yeah, no, he looks fantastic. Uh, he was a bit, uh, clearly, uh, when he went back into jogging, he was a bit on the fat side because it's very difficult. Good at it, it's very difficult to uh, keep the weight down on them when they're not doing any work. But he's pretty happy with him now. He's trimmed up pretty good. Okay. Uh, now, when he returns, uh, is it confirmed who's going to be taking the drive behind Shockwave? Uh, Aidan Warwick, uh, sorry, Aidan DeCampo normally drives him, and uh, I would suggest he still would, depending on what he's got in his stable. He's got a couple of free floor horses there himself. So, And as you know, under the rules, you've normally got to drive your own nomination. So, but at this point, I'd say Aidan, for sure, he drives him beautifully. 
Okay. Now, with uh, October a likely return for Shockwave, what are we looking at short term? Was the Inter-Dominion in Melbourne, is it on the radar? Are you focused more on your hometown features, the WA Pacing Cup, Fremantle Pacing Cup? Which way are we looking right now? Originally, we were talking the Pacing Cup, but with him coming up pretty good, we had thought about Inters, but, uh, you know, the way they're doing the rankings, I think it's going to rule us out. Um, you know, they've changed... Once again, uh, Victorians have changed the rules for the end of the minions when they get them. And uh, he would come under the last rate because he hasn't raced for a year if you haven't earned a certain amount of money. Uh, unless you want a grand circuit race, uh, you know, he comes under category E, which means uh, he probably would uh, not be ranked in the top 30 or 36, which is, a, which is in my opinion, a total joke. Uh, you know, these, um, you know, you've got to allow for top horses who have been injured as long as they come back and show they're winning again. You know? mm. So I don't Have you discussed that? Not... Yeah, I've, I've spoken to the handicapper. Unfortunately, we're told we fall into the cracks, which, in my opinion, is not good enough. You know, we're talking about <laughs> into the minion here and the best horses. And uh, yeah, so, unless you've won a grand circuit race, and it appears that if you've won one, doesn't matter when you won it. And then apart from that, it's got to have been a Group 1 since January last year. And then the next category gets back. I think there's four Victorian races you qualify. And then the fourth category is, you know, NR110. Uh, and have won more than 40,000. And then, of course, we come under E, which is all others. So even if we come and won a few races, we probably wouldn't have enough to be ranked. I think they've, they've sort of put themselves in a bit of a position where they can't use any discretion. So from, I was talking to Ryan yesterday. We're probably just not going to bother even nominating. You know, we're just uh, now back off a bit and, you know, have a few starts October, November and getting ready for our Cups. Yeah, and given with that series in Melbourne, they're, they're staging heats all over the state, uh, probably wouldn't be fair on the horse anyway, would it? No, it was 50-50 anyway, so uh, we're not going to lose any sleep over it, no. It's no, mm. a lot of work to travelling, uh, you know, for, I think three or four different places. Um, and I think that's something they've got to look at, you know, mate. It's all very well to keep the, uh, I suppose, your government happy that, that you're going to regions, but we are talking about some of the... Uh, country's best horses and even Sydney's a bit of a, a problem last time there's a few people weren't that happy with traveling too far yeah I can sense your frustration I, I think uh, insulted is probably the right word for you at the moment with this as well well it's certainly not deliberate on the part but you know when you get when you're told you fall between the cracks I mean it's just crazy you know we need yeah. in in harness racing we need to have handicappers and they need to be not frightened to handicap rather than having these set rules so you keep everybody happy and don't have some some people complaining that you're getting special treatment. I mean, it's very simple. You the handicappers in the past and into the millions, they look at all and all the horses and they take into account everything. And they usually get it pretty right. Yeah. You've had a lot of good horses, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, is the end of the minions still the pinnacle for you? It is, yeah. I've been in, I think I've had horses in five of them. Uh, five finals so uh haven't won one yet but uh yeah i mean it, to me has been in the game for 50 years it's just everything you know but uh it so, may be a fading light <laughs> the way it's going well i, I was going to say uh melbourne's loss could be queensland's game we've got the series next year at the one track at albion park that there, there could be a possibility if he's fit and well that you could venture to queensland Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, if he comes back uh, in good nick and, uh, get, you know, we'll obviously be careful with him, but uh, I think uh, that's a, a strong possibility. I think the other thing with the Inter-Dominions, the fact that you can have all the 
races on the one track is much better for form and barrier draws and fairness. You know, it's, uh, mm. you know from a punting point of view, uh, you, you want to assess them all on the same track. Yep. Yeah, that's fair enough. So the summer carnival—that's the uh, the short-term target, though, for Shockwave. Yeah, that's it. Now it'll be uh, it'll be uh, January, early February for the Pacing Cup and Fremantle Cup, and I guess you know we'll probably race him if he's ready in October, November, maybe then a, a small break, and uh, hopefully if he's in form, we'll head for that uh, our summer carnival. Yeah. Yeah, well, Steve and I are talking about it uh, earlier, and uh, we talk about it each and every week. The free-for-all ranks over there in Perth right now are really strong, but when you throw in the likes of Shockway, Magnificent Storm, and probably Mighty Ronaldo, they're as good as anywhere right now, the uh, the free-for-all ranks. Oh, yeah, look, they're pretty good. I mean, they're running... I mean, the, the last few weeks with winter, they've been a, a bit different, smaller fields, but when you get, like last year, when I know Shockway was racing, look, they were running... Uh, you know, 54 and a half, 55s over, uh, on our track, which is pretty good and very competitive. So, um, I mean, you can see even now, Chicago Bull, as great as he is, and he's probably dropped off a bit, he's still not winning against the good horses. So there, there's a lot of pretty good horses here, free for all level. Yeah, yep, absolutely. A couple of other horses that are, are racing for you right now and absolutely flying. Swing Band was a winner last Friday night. He's a three-year-old. He's building a really impressive record. How far can this guy go? Oh, we got a really good opinion of him. He's he's a he's a tough nut, and he's built like a he's called Tank. He's built like a tank, and uh, he's but he's fast, and he's uh, he's got staying ability, and great great recovery, great heart rate. So yeah, I think he, I think with a bit of luck, he can go uh, you know pretty well close to the top. I mean, you've got to be careful with any predictions like that. But so far, he's he's um, you know really measuring up his good horse. Yeah, a three-year-old that's won 10 from 16, almost $200,000. The obvious one for him, the WA Derby? Yes, he said, well, the, the race coming up in uh, September 10th or September 9th is uh, is the uh, West Draw, uh, sorry, the uh, West Bread, which is 100000 for three-year-olds, and then the Derby after that, yeah. Okay, and Mr Fantastic was a recent winner for you, taking a feature, I think that was two starts ago now, he was able to take out the, the Higgins final, a Group 3 race. Uh, another very promising pacer. He's a very nice horse, Chris. We uh, Justin Prentice has got him, and we had a little bit of issue with him earlier, just a few little things, but he's got him good right now. And uh, he won very well uh, a fortnight ago. The other night he ran six, but got well back in the field early. wasn't run to suit. So, but no, he's a nice horse. Very, very, very good type of horse. Lovely going horse too. Is he an open class horse of the future? He could be, yeah. yeah. He's pretty smart, but I, I'd say he could be. I wouldn't say he will be, but I think he could be, yeah. All right. How many are you currently racing right now? Uh, oh, I've got this, we've got about 15 or 16, probably about nine in work, nine or ten in work. Yeah, a few babies, so uh, enough. <laughs> <laughs> enough. Uh, well, you had one yesterday, uh, Captain Braveheart. He ran another very good race. He's been good since finding his way to Queensland, uh, uh, through the McCarthy's now with Ron Sellers, so he's paying his way. He is, yeah, he's a handy horse, and we we do think he'd go better in Queensland. He seemed to be better on smaller tracks rather than an angle, so he's so far so good with Ron. I noticed he hung a bit yesterday, probably cost him, but no, I'm sure they'll sort that out. Yep, okay, and as we know, you're part of the committee there at Gloucester Park. How are things over there? Uh, very good, yeah, we're... Um, we have a meeting of members tonight where there's a proposal for a whole uh, revenue through change to the track and the facilities, which will be beneficial to the whole industry, and that's being announced tonight. 
So I can't tell you much more about that till tonight because, you know, obviously mm. you've got to go to the members, but that's pretty exciting for us, yeah. yeah. Kevin, have you got the room? Uh, what sort of space you got there to extend the track and change it in the future if you go that way? Uh, we don't envisage going any bigger because, you know, if we, if we, whatever we do, if we're going to utilise the land for other things, there's just no room and it's particularly costly. The other thing we do believe at GP, we are, we've been told by our betting partners that we're the Gosterbuck's the second highest turnover track in Australia in terms of farmers and uh, we, we believe that's and a lot of strong interest from the east we believe it's because of the competitive nature of the racing. Mm, so how could you change which you, the track which you don't get on a well you get competitive but not as much mm. on a big track there's more action on the smaller yeah, track. Yeah. So how could you change it though or tweak it in the future? Uh, banking uh, banking uh, and those sort of areas, but okay. you know, we don't envisage going to bigger than a half mile, no. Just, just on the, the turnover, which track ranks number one? I think it's uh, Melton, I'd say, Chris, from memory. This is yeah. from the from a couple of betting companies. I'm not saying it's... Uh, I'm not sure how they get the numbers, but that's what we're advised, yeah. Mm. Yep. Well, it's, it's fascinating racing every Friday night there at Gloucester Park. It's it's very competitive, and uh, I think that's why people like tuning in because uh, it, it's it's hard and fast. Yeah, I, I think that's where the betting interest comes from. I'm sure it does, uh, and it's more action. So, uh, you know, which you do get as you know on a half mile track, you've got to make your moves and get moving, and that does yeah. uh, generally add to the interest. A lot of wealthy people yeah. in the West too, isn't it, Kevin? Sorry, a lot of wealthy people in the West. Well, it appears that way. <laughs> <laughs> There's quite a few, uh, quite a few owners who buy a lot of horses here, yeah. so, which is good. Yeah, and and plus all the general industry. I mean, there's still, it's it's a very strong industry here in terms of people that love the game, and uh, in terms of those who uh, who race horses. So it's pretty strong. Yeah, it's not easy to win a race here. Yep, that's for sure. Hey, Kevin, really appreciate the chat this morning. Uh, best of luck with Shockwave. Fingers crossed that uh, everything is smooth sailing as he builds towards his racetrack return, and uh, hopefully we'll get to see the best of him in the coming months. No worries, Chris. Thanks. Kevin Jevons joining us. Chris Barsby talked about this horse uh, trialling brilliantly yesterday because Darren Clayton's about to join us. Uh, so let's replay this trial uh, with Brendan Barnes in the Sulky. Probably the best part of 25 metres now for Danger Zone. He's about to swing into the home straight. He's well out in front. Miss Verstappen holding second. Then Kiang Marvin. Jingles Bromac. Next, Glen Liddy Boy. Cat's Eye Beach. But it's all Danger Zone. And Danger Zone takes them all the way and scores easily. That's a big winning margin. He'll it take... certainly was, as was touched on. Darren Clayton's with us now, Chris. Darren, good morning. Yeah, morning, Chris. That was a, a pretty sharp trial there, Danger Zone. I tell you what, and I'll be interested in your thoughts, but this Q-Bred race night, all Q-Bred race night, Saturday week, there's four Group 1 features. They've come alive, these races, and I think we're set for a big night of racing. Racing Roxy, for mine, probably looks the, the obvious one in the three-year-old filly section, but she's the type of horse that you can't overdrive her. So I think we're set for a, a fantastic night of racing on Saturday week. Yeah, certainly are, and... Um... It'll be interesting how they line up. We saw the two-year-old, um, the two-year-old heats there yesterday, and um, I guess you know there's been there was a bit of discussion. We we went away with the heats for a few years, and um, there was some sort of train of thought that you know you need the heats to give horses their opportunity. Well, you look at a horse 
yesterday, like the tax collector, who's a, a pretty handy two-year-old, and they've set him up for that race. Well, he'll miss the final now after striking trouble yesterday. Under the old system, he would actually made the final under the the dollar rating. So it, it works both ways, but it's um, it's certainly going to set up for a, a pretty interesting night there next Saturday night, Q Stars night, all Qbreds, and uh, I think they've done a great job by setting it apart from the from the carnival and and where we can really um, celebrate, especially the way the Qbred has been growing in the past few years. Really celebrate that uh, that Qbred theme. Yeah, absolutely. And putting it back, and I think this ties in with the, the fact that we've changed to the calendar year now. That was the obvious decision to, to make, and it looks like it's uh, the right decision. Yeah, definitely. And um, it, it that extra time, and I think it just ties in well with... Um, I was having a bit of a look at the feature calendar for the southern states, or even up here. Um, between sort of the end of September and December, it is actually jam-packed there with uh, feature racing everywhere. So um, I, th- I think some some of the, the other jurisdictions where they've just decided we'll make it as late in the season as we can, I don't know whether that's actually beneficial to everyone. And, and by having this sort of a little bit earlier than the other states, but still plenty of time, like it's still, um, you know, it's eight months into the season. They've had plenty of opportunity up till now. So uh, I think it works really well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one question I wanted to pose to you without notice this morning was the free-for-all ranks. We saw uh, Mac Da Vinci score last week down in Gerardo's Delight. The carnival has come and gone, the Tab Constellations. Who is the number one pacer in Queensland right now? Is it Turn It Up or does Mac Da Vinci sort of lay claim to being the number one horse or is there something else? Yeah, it's, it's funny. We were talking like this was sort of the our, our topic of discussion before the carnival and there never really was a, a great standout. Like turn it up, certainly put his case forward. But I think when you look at versatility, um, he's probably just sort of let himself down a little bit. Um, Blacks a dance is the other one. Like he's got he got the track record there before the carnival. Um, just his efforts have been really good, but. Again, there's just those nagging concerns about anything beyond a mile for him. While he performs well, he, he sort of always just finds a way to be beaten. Colt um, 31's probably sort of uh, has been a fringe runner now for sort of 18 months in that capacity. Um, Mac Da Vinci, if he... Um, I was going through his figures. He can't, When he came up last year for the Rising Sun... Um, he was probably lucky to get into that rising sun and then he had a few starts, but then just went on a streak. I think he won six of eight, um, culminating in the Beagle Johnny Sprint and the Queensland Cup in November. If he follows a sort of similar sort of trajectory, now he's in open company. I, I think in in probably six weeks' time, we'll say he is the, he is the number one ranking. Um, he's a five-year-old. Um, he, he's pretty versatile and I think... Off we saw what we saw the other night. That was that was really slick. His last eight hundred, twenty seven nine down the back, and then really ripped home. Sort of pretty much untouched in twenty six two. Just put it out of reach of them. So I think he's the ball's probably in his court to, to take mm. that step and become the the number one ranking. If he doesn't, well, we'll see how that pans out. Interesting one will be Northview Hustler. He missed sort of the the bigger ones through the carnival after just sort of. Uh, I think it was the Wandai's mate where he sort of um, struck a bit of an issue there. He's had that time off. His trial at Redcliffe 
um, last week. Yeah. That was that was off the charts. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes over the twenty one hundred this week. Mm, absolutely, and, and the, the the newcomer or the wildcard horse uh, is Cruz Bramack, the former New Zealand Cup winner. He's a veteran, so we've probably only got him for a season, but uh, it could be a, an interesting mix in, in the coming weeks. Well, if they get him back to anywhere near his best, you would uh, you'd suggest that he could just go bang, bang, bang in in quick succession. But uh, you know, he's he's certainly got the the ability. It's there. Um, it can recapture that form and ability. Well, um, yeah, he's he'll be the next one we're talking about. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll try and track down what the plans are for both Turn It Up and Mac Da Vinci. Uh, I think it could be really interesting between now and the end of the year. Let's focus on Redcliffe tonight. We've got eight races. We start at 5.20. Tab, we've got the fixed odds markets up for all races. Where do we find your best bet? Yeah, I thought we could strike early, Chris. And um, he did the right thing by us last Wednesday night, better jiggle, and, and I can't see why he can't do it again. Um, draws in gate nine. He's had two starts at Redcliffe. He's won them both. One of those was from gate eight, the other from gate six. So, the gate's probably not too big a concern, and uh, it's a race where there, there should be uh, good good tempo in the early stages and a good bit of pressure, and that'll really suit him to to fly home over the top. And um, Jack Butler stable flying, Chloe Butler driving really well. I can't see why he can't go three for three on the triangle. Race one, number nine, better jiggle. Okay, two sixty currently with tab fixed price. That looks like it's a uh, a good race. Hector's two sixty, so we've got equal favourites. Brian Christopher, Brendan gave him a really good push five fifty. So they're the major players. But you're keen on better jiggle. What other horse stands out for you tonight? Yeah, I thought from an each way perspective, Chris, in the next race, race two, there's one come up here that uh, I thought was. I thought he'd be around about a, a eight or nine dollar chance, and that's Jillaby Jackpot. I notice he's currently twenty three dollars and four dollars twenty now. Um, this is a horse that was a winner four starts back. Last week he was in that same race as Better Jiggle. Um, he was midfield, just really didn't get any space when he needed it. Um, he hasn't had much go his way of late since that win. That was four starts back. Um, he finds a, an easy position there, and the 2040 might just see a few of these out. I thought uh, he was a good each-way play there. Race two, number four, Jillaby Jackpot. Okay, good odds, like you said. $23 the win, 420 the place. Let's focus on the quaddy tonight. Races five, six, seven, and eight. Throw some numbers my way. Here, yeah, that first leg, race five, I've got Mr. Woodport on top. I thought he gets the right trip in behind the rag and bone man. Um, and, and from there, he can take the last shot. The rag and bone man, he'll certainly be better suited back to the sprint trip. The 2040, not his go. That was his undoing last time. So he certainly gets opportunity to lead throughout. Call me Trish is probably the other um, class runner in that field, and she can certainly show up as well. So we'll go one, two, three in that first leg. The second leg, race six, tricky one here. Um, I think we need to play it a bit wide. I've got number three, Claire's full on top, but with no level of confidence there. Um, might need to work in the run. Feelgood Express, she's doing a super job at Redcliffe. Um, just... Not too far away, runner-up, three of the past four. She'll be thereabouts. Remember, Eve is another mare, same as Feelgood Express, both from trained by Chris Frisbee. She'll be thereabouts, just not sure where she gets from seven. And Abby Diadema, 
she was a winner last week, um, flashing down the extreme outside. And um, while she doesn't win out of turn, um, she certainly gets an opportunity to repeat the dose. So three, four, seven, eight, the second leg. Third leg, uh, I thought this was a, a chance in two. I've got number four, Destiny Blues, on top. Um, it's, a, it's a tough maiden, um, but she certainly going to win one of these Redcliffe Maidens, whether it's tonight, I'm not sure. Gate four just makes it a little bit tricky. She's a material girl. Um, if she had found the front last week, probably you, you could have made a case that she would have won that. That was from gate five. She moves into gate three, and um, she does look the early leader here, and if she can see it out, um, that's the big query. So we'll go three and four, and in the final leg, um, happy to bring it home here, one out, just... Uh, with number four, Devil Sticks, Pete McMullen taking the drive. Um, he was able to take it to an all-the-way win a few starts back. I thought he could get the lead from gate four and he'd be able to see it out. So um, bringing it home with number four, one out there, Devil Sticks. Okay, repeating your numbers tonight. First leg, one, two, three. Second leg, three, four, seven and eight. Third leg, three and four. And we bring it home with number four, grand total $24 for 100% of the dividend. That's it, and yeah, just the eight races tonight, a little bit different for a Wednesday night. I've been used to having nine and ten consistently, but uh, just just the eight tonight. Okay, one final question, or two questions, but in one uh, in one way. We're at, what, uh, August now, so we're just past the halfway mark of the year. Who takes the Premiership? State Drivers Premiership, Pete McMullen or Nathan Dawson? Uh, there's only five wins separating the pair there. Who's going to be the leading trainer uh, this year? Will it be Jack Butler, Grant Dixon or Chantel Turpin? Yeah, I, I think from a state perspective, I think um, I think Pete can hang on. Um, I think he's, uh, he's... He chalked up. He got to 150 yesterday, so um, he's going really well and, and they're stable. The Chantel's stable. Um, they're going really well. Got some nice horses coming through the, their grades as well. So I think um, he can see it out. And the trainers, um, I think Jack can see it out. I think, again, he's he's going really well. He looks like he'll be the first to 100 in the state. He's got a 13-win 13, um, 13 lead over Grant Dixon at the moment. And uh, I, I think he can see it out. He's going really well at Redcliffe. Um, and you just look through through the team, every time he seems, you, you look at a race, he seems to have a chance in it. Whether they're winning or not, they're a chance. And um, when that's the case, that, that's a pretty good indication um, that the, the depth of your stable. So I think both the current leaders will be able to see it out. All right. So that's Pete McMullen, Jack Butler for you. So there you have it. So that's uh, August 10. You've given us the good oil for the, the premiership winners for this year. Yeah, um, I don't know whether we can bet on them anywhere, but yeah, I think we can do, and it'll be it'll be a big effort for Jack. Um, they're, they're stable; they've had a great year. If they can continue it through, um, they're, they're doing really well. And um, yeah, and as for Pete, well, like I said, they're they're starting to get some uh, horses through their grades. Another new one turned up yesterday that won first up. Um, he looked pretty impressive as well, and they got those trotters and. Um, speaking of the troubles, that razzle me dazzle me, that was some win yesterday in that two year old trot. Yeah, yeah wasn't it, Judge? Uh, they're, they're very impressive, the two year old trotters. They're running time, and uh, some of them look uh, quite uh, above average. Um, Susan is her name. Uh, razzle me dazzle me yesterday looked really, really good. So, 
Uh, it'll be interesting to follow the paths of these young horses in time to come. And just on Jack Butler, he could even break the century tonight with a little bit of luck and reckless. Yeah, definitely. He's got um, he's got some. I was just looking through his number um, runners there. Easily do it. So um, you know, I've I think I've got three of his horses marked on top there tonight. So that'd get him to ninety nine. So. Um, and that's you know that's maybe being a little bit conservative too. So he's having a great season, and um, like I said, those you look at the races, and he's got sort of he'll have one or two in a race, and um, you know both both leading chances in the race. You know, race one tonight, perfect example. He's got better jiggle and Brian Christopher. Um, you know, Brian Christopher could win that easily, and it'd be no surprise. So, and that seems to be the case in a number of races um, that he goes to each day. Mm, absolutely really appreciate the time this morning we'll chat again on friday yeah sounds good thanks chris